Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Small doses. Self-help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nancy so funky. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Small Doses Podcast. I am joined today, all legs, <laughs> by Bambi. Yes. This is actually pretty cool because we've never met in person, right? But we like chit chat. I, I feel like you, my girl. <laughs> same, <For real>. same. <laughs> we like chit chat yes. on the IG, and I feel like I really, genuinely. I have no desire to be a parent, really? but zero. Okay. I've parented enough yeah, <laughs> from a distance. Okay. But like literally watching you with your kids is like a masterclass. I'd be like, how is she so Girl. calm? What is it? How? I don't know. And people think I smoke weed and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's probably like... I'm starting to realize that my calmness and me being so passive when it comes to a lot of things is probably like due to like some trauma in my life. For real. Like, and that's, I know that sounds dramatic. No, but, it doesn't. It sounds um, normal. Yeah, because I just started to realize this year, like people are like, you let stuff go like so much. And I think if I just keep going and don't have to deal with it, I just be like, whatever. Whatever. Like, I don't get offended by much. And that's not a good thing. I was going to say, it's going to catch up, Yeah, baby. it's not a good thing. Well, how old are you? Let's not talk about that right here. Because we've been having some issues with... I know you ain't really been watching all this stuff. I don't. But people have been going... Okay, my mother-in-law, right? Mm -hmm. I'm suing her for oh. defamation of character because she just literally said two days ago that I used the fake ID when I went to jail and gave them the wrong age and she's just making a big thing out of so yeah let's just yeah okay yeah I, I know that's a lot to I just can't we all get along no we cannot ma'am okay. we are okay. we are suing people yeah yeah we're suing family yeah that's and it's bad because again, like I pride myself on just being out the way, staying out the way, mm -hmm. and with everything that's going on right now, it, they're making it impossible for me to stay out the way. Like you know, I'm in a blog every other day because you know. Well, I can't even imagine. I mean, going through a divorce in itself is very difficult. It's very painful. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, I can only imagine also there's kids involved. But then when the public's involved, mm -hmm. it goes to another level. Absolutely, another level. And then just imagine, well, not really imagine, but literally trying to like get through a divorce with three small children on a day-to-day -day basis and make things as normal as possible mm -hmm. for them. But then it's still like the extra drama that's coming with it. Like, right. it's, it's insane. Like, I'm like... I didn't really have time to, like, grieve. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. because even though I did want the divorce and I wanted, like, it's still like, you know, my family is just No, you can, two up. things can be true at the same time. Yeah. Like, you can know that something is the right thing. Yeah. But also grieve that it was the wrong thing. Absolutely. Right? Like, because that's the part that sucks. You're like, damn, I know this is what's supposed to happen, but it sucks that this is what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Like, and that's really what's happening. And it was... I don't want to say it was, but it has been, and it still kind of is, like, some days just really difficult. Because I'm like, I'm trying to get away from that and, like, establish, like, some peace, mm -hmm. you know, and structure for me and my kids. And it's just like, you know. Well, you know, the thing about trauma, too, is that it's funny that you said you feel like you respond to trauma. Like, because of trauma, you respond to things, like, real, like, placidly. Mm -hmm. There's the opposite, right? Where a lot of people respond to trauma by chaos. Yep. Like they just need chaos. Yes. Because it makes them feel, it's like a, I have a working theory that I'm sure has already been proven and there are probably actually like written studies about mm -hmm. this in journals, but I'm just talking in the small doses version of things. I have a theory that like the same way that we have like chemical, our body does chemical reactions to like drugs mm -hmm. and that's what then causes the addiction. 
we have those same chemical reactions with people, with situations, et cetera. And so our body is just like addicted to certain things. Like it's just comfortable. And so it seeks out trying to like get to that, even though it's not the best thing for you. Oh, absolutely. And I I strongly believe that outside of like certain drama and chaos, some people, they just don't know who they are outside of that stuff. They just like, all right, well... If it's too calm. Yeah. What, what, what are we doing? What, What's going on? Who needs me? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a so, scary, and it sucks. It really does. Cause I would love to just live a very peaceful life. Soft girl era? Absolutely. You know, I say that, but at the same time, I'd be like trying to fix shit, like and carrying <laughs> stuff up the stairs. That's still soft girl. What? No, soft girl, to me, soft girl era isn't like. No, I'm not going to assemble this couch, yeah. you know, okay. or whatever. But soft girl era to me is just not feeling like you have to buck up yeah, all the time. Like, I feel like there's a lot of me that for a long time just was yeah, like ready, right. you know? And yeah. then you're like, this is tiring. Yeah, let me I relax. Saw, I saw a, a meme the other day that said, success is a calm nervous system. Mm, that is the one right there. <laughs> Seriously. And I was that like, that is the one. I need to meditate on that. Yes, I, I love that because that. that's really the goal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To be in a relaxed state and not waking up and looking around. What do like, I, what's going on? Okay, yeah. What's going on today? So tell me this. You know, you came to me, you said, I want to tell my story. Yeah. And I want to tell it in a sophisticated way environment yeah which you see i'm sophisticated i put on you, lace for you i see I'm <laughs> I said, like, look at if we're gonna girl. be sophisticated i may have to serve tea Period. <laughs> so start from the beginning like yeah. what is the story that you feel like you want to tell and you want to be able to tell with me so the thing is i feel like i'm kind of like outgrowing the audience like the consumers of the show that i'm on so mm. when things are happening on the show they are following it in a different type of way it's like they're confused about certain things and you know because I am going through a divorce and I've been what they've been showing on the show is like people are just like oh my gosh she's so bitter she's so miserable and she's trying to drag her friends into this stuff with her and I'm just like where are y'all seeing that because for one I filed for divorce this year well last year in November and our divorce was finalized in June so before our show started to air, I had filed for a divorce. I was trying to keep things very like quiet. I just wanted to get it over with. And then as soon as the show started, the woman that he like cheated on me with, I heard that he was like bringing her on the show. So at that point, I was like, okay, well, we're going to have to talk about this now. Because at first, I wasn't planning on even addressing the fact that he cheated or who he cheated with. I was just going to leave it alone and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. So he brought the girl on the show. And then, you know, he brought his baby mama on the show. And I just started being like attacked in the midst of like going through a divorce. Mm. So like all these women, including his mom, you know, they just started coming out the woodworks just like. Why do you feel like they just, because I feel like that's been part of the narrative like this whole time, right? Mm -hmm. Like they be coming for Bambi. Yeah. But what is that about? Well, I think so about Scrap, like when I first met him, I admired the fact that he He didn't hold grudges against people. He would tell me like some crazy things that people had done to him and, you know, over the course of his life. And he would see these people and be cool with them and all this. And I'm like, wow, like I should be more like that. But over time, I was just like, you just ain't got no damn boundaries. You know what I'm saying? So you let people do all this bullshit to you. Mm -hmm. And then you just, you know what I'm saying? You invite them back into your life. But especially when something is going on and he feels like he needs like, like a, a tribe a tribe and that's what it was like he gathered his tribe of people who had in the past tried to tear him apart completely you know these are women who said some of the craziest things about him and he just you know are teaming up with them now which is crazy to me because i mean it's no secret people know like they both accused him of being like abusive in like relationships mm. and now they're just like with him and like coming mm. for me and it's it's real confusing cuz i'm like you are standing here next to these same women who have like accused you of some of the most heinous yes and and then and he they're has standing daughters. next to him yeah. even though they've accused him and, and that's the thing about women to me too i'm like You've had all these women, you know, kind of like 
feeling for you, like when you were alleging these things and just to turn around and spin the block, you know? You know, it's really crazy because it's also on television. So it's hard to know what's real, yeah. what's not. That's why when you were saying like, you know, the fans are are watching things happening, but they're happening like out of order, yeah. you know, and it's like folks can't discern. To me, that's a tricky part with reality TV. Absolutely. Folks yeah. can't discern which part of it is reality and which part is reality. Right. Right? Yeah. But then you're living both of it. So what do you feel like was the final straw that made you say I'm a file for divorce? So the final straw was him cheating and the person that it was with, it was like an ex and he was on the Millennium Tour and his ex was on the tour as well. And we had a little discussion about it before the tour started. I'm like, you know, this may be a little like awkward, uncomfortable. And he's like, well, no, like it's fine. And you can just come like on the entire tour. And I'm like, I'm not going to come babysit you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have three kids. But we did have some issues going on already. And then when I saw that that had happened, the very next day after I saw that, um, you know, I looked in his phone and saw, like, text messages and DMs and all this, and the very next day I filed for divorce. Like, it was just no conversation needed after that. What is it about... Because this is not the first time he's cheated um well as far as i know it's the first time you know mm-hmm. got you yeah. okay that's fair yeah what is it though because i feel like we've all been in these scenarios where we'll be like well, there were problems mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. but then there's like a final straw yeah what do you feel like kept you all together before the final straw well i felt like i didn't think that he was a cheater i never considered him like a cheater you know He was just very present. Like, you know, we always did family stuff. We had our little back and forths and, you know, sometimes he would go in the basement and I would go over (laughs) here. But it was fine because neither one of us had, or to my knowledge, stepped outside of the marriage. But when we're having these issues and then his mom is like being crazy on the internet and saying weird stuff on TV and he's not defending me, that was just like the final straw for me. I'm like, okay, so you let all these people come at me and say all this crazy stuff and then... You're cheating on top of that. Yeah, no. Did you all ever go to couples therapy? We started therapy maybe like three months before I filed for divorce. And it was actually going pretty good, or I thought. What did you like about it? I liked the fact that it was just like a a space where we could hear each other. Mm -hmm. Opposed to, we needed a mediator in between us. When we would have conversation, I'm very gentle with anybody in my life, like friends, family, anybody that I talk to, I'm very calm. I'm, and he just couldn't receive that. Interesting. He could not. You know what? That is a common trope. I've experienced really? this. Yes. I didn't think that. That is a common thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, this goes back to my theory. I think some people, they need the argument. Yeah. They need the argument. They, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the chaos or what, but there's like something that their body is like, trying to get yeah. to and even if you just stay calm and stay calm and stay calm they're still like yes. no we need to get to that and then eventually when it gets to that it gets to that and <laughs> then I'm the crazy person every time every look time look at you look at you yeah. look at you and your emotions I'm like uh, I, okay. this is when I want to call Deborah Cox so she could come in here and sing how did we get here nigga you you did you. that. Yes. You put it in the GPS and you drove me to crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, for whatever reason, the women of the world will take all of this in and I'm still the problem. I'm still the problem. No matter how you well, spin it. So many of us are conditioned, right, mm-hmm. to default to protecting a man's ego. Mm-hmm. And what I found with like the best brothers in my life is that they have come to realize in their own evolution that it is up to no one to protect their ego but right. themselves, right? Yeah. And so like I have a lot of homeboys, I'm really blessed to have a lot of homeboys who have like gone through this like self-exploration of yeah. like, "Oh, hold up. If I want to be a good dude, I got to like figure that out for myself cuz the world ain't training me how to be a good dude." Exactly. But it trains women how to take care of men. Yeah. And so if you look like you're not doing that in some way, mm-hmm. I feel like you really take the L. Yeah, you really do. And and I feel like you take the L either way because 
our relationship was based on me just like coddling him. Like in the beginning, it was just overly like, I'll rub your feet, cook your food, rub your back. Do like, I mean, I didn't have any problem with none of that stuff. I never did. But then when I started having kids and kids you have to and take kids, care of the, you have, have to, to mother take care the, of the kids. kids and I have to take care of me. And I also have to work. Like there was never a time after I had any of my kids that I took time off from work. I'm going to say something that the internet is going to be mad at. Okay. And Scrap going to be mad at it too. He probably going to text me. Okay. So he did not have his mother as a child. And so you were mothering him. Yeah. In the ways that his mother did not mother him. Yeah. And his mother is now present mm-hmm. in the way that she is. Yeah. But that developmental time, yeah. she wasn't present there. Right. And so many of us are mothering the men that we're with. Yeah. And then we realize at a certain point, either because we have children or because we decide we don't want to have children, that we don't want a mother in that way. Yeah. And then it feels like, how dare you? Yep. And that's why I took a lot of accountability for that because okay. I, I did understand. I'm like, I, yeah. I did a lot. I feel you. A lot. So and feel, nobody you, so asked you, me to. You, took you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that. I did that. Okay. You know, and I just didn't have the capacity to do it any longer to that extent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still try, but it was just like, whenever I got a moment, I wanted to just be like, oh. You know, just like, just a moment, you know? And listen, like, I've never tried to say that he was not, like, a great, like, dad. And Mm -hmm. we had some great times, like, Mm -hmm. together. Like, absolutely, by no means have I ever tried to bash him. And, you know, he did things like, would take the kids in the morning so I can get some extra rest. But it's still, it's different because the kids are in the house and I'm trying to nap. I'm like halfway napping because I'm like, what they doing? <laughs> Am I gonna need to come down there? Right. Is somebody finna come up here? So, I mean, he, I mean, he did some really nice things. He was trying, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I think when we started filming, it was just like a lot of emotion on both ends because you know he didn't want the divorce. I that was gonna be my next question. Did he yeah. want the divorce? No, he didn't want the divorce and. I actually thought about trying to reconcile, but I know me. And I'm like, I'm not going to get over this. The trust. Yeah, I'm not going to get past that. I just knew that I wasn't. So I was like, I'm not even going to set him or me up for this. Because I'm not going to be going through your phone. I'm not finna, I'm, I'm just not going to do that for the rest of my life. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What ultimately made you go through the phone? So I just had a feeling that something Because going was... through the phone, is a that's a strong step. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, listen, we were married for five years. And out of those five years, that was my second time going through his phone. And so this time, it was just, I was just feeling some weird vibes with him being on this tour. And the way that he was interacting with this girl from the first day of the tour to like the last few dates of the tour. I was like, this is... This seems a little weird to me. And, you know, we be we be knowing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we be knowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was cool how you did that right there. I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. And it was like, bam. I was going to try to throw that willful, <laughs> willful um, <laughs> ignorance in there somewhere. <laughs> no, I hate this for you, though. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool, though. I mean, no, it's not cool. The reason but, why I hate that. Right. Yeah. Because it's like. I know so many sisters right now who are going through breakups and divorces and it's all for very similar reasons, for the Mm -hmm. same reasons. Like, so even though there was infidelity, Mm -hmm. I feel like 
it's the root cause of the infidelity that ends yeah. up being the actual reason, right? And yeah. a lot of times the root cause is something as basic as just like insecurity. Mm-hmm. And the insecurity can come for like so many reasons that you can't even like clock it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I actually like, you know, I'm so self-aware and just aware, right? And and I feel like I feel people. You know, I, I be understanding. What's your I'm sign? A Pisces. Oh. So so like I, I'm very understanding and I saw what happened. So he started this tour, right? And throughout our whole relationship, he was like trying to work towards getting back into that space where he was before as an artist, right? Right, yeah. So he got on this tour. I already, and know, this. I already know the story. I know it's Yeah, it, it was just like exciting for him, you know, to see all those people every night. And I'm still on the phone with him like, yeah, um, the kids, <laughs> yeah, we Prince need Breland this. needs. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got this going on. This, You know, I got doctor's yeah. appointment tomorrow. And yeah. so life was lifing for me. And when he was on tour, it was just like a fairy tale, you know? And I understood, like, you know, the girls was just out there just like, oh, my God. And I'm at home like, all right, so what we doing? You know what I'm saying? And he kind of, he needs that, though. He needs constant validation. And I know that, you know? He cannot survive without somebody constantly saying, oh, my God, you're so amazing. You look so good. You're doing so good. It's because he's, you know... Yeah, he can't. It's the trauma. He will perish, honey. It's but he is. I mean, I don't even want to just call it for scrap because that really is so many. Yeah. Because so many of our brothers just really well, so many of us, mm-hmm. right? We just didn't get the attentiveness that we needed at the yeah. at the like real like important time that we needed it. Which is why when I watch you with your kids, mm-hmm. I'm so intrigued because yeah. your attentiveness is like. You just, I mean, you're like a tree, just like. Yes, oh, like, I feel like the tree. They be climbing. I'm like, yes. look at them, look at them. But mm-hmm. you're still like giving each of them yeah. what they, what I, I'm seeing them see you in your face, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, from the little that I know of child development, the first three years, like, are imperative in being able to have like a parent in your face mm-hmm. all the time, like yeah. reading you and you're reading the parent's face. And then just that nervous system that we talked about, mm-hmm. like your, your child is you're forming your nervous system related on touch and affection. So if you're not getting that, you feel that for the rest of your life, unless you do like active work to challenge that. And I feel like as a performer, when Mm -hmm. you're on stage, you getting that, it's like a hit. It's like a quick high. So it makes you feel like you got it, but you didn't really get it. And what ends up is you eventually crash. Hmm. You either crash in the way that he's crashing right now. And I don't even want to just say it about scrap, but like I know so many men will just blow up their life. Yep. Because they are trying to like get this feeling that's mm-hmm. not really gonna hold on. Exactly. Or you crash and you you hit rock bottom. You have a nervous breakdown because you realize that everything that is supporting the core of you is coming from outside of you. Yep. And when that happens, I, this is someone who went through this. Like you realize, like, oh shit, like I'm standing on nothing. I've built a house on sand, yeah. and you got to build yourself up from the ground up. And that's a very difficult thing to do. And I know for men, it's especially difficult because yeah. the ego mm-hmm. be in the way. Yeah. And you know, divorce feels like failure for a lot. Oh, it, it absolutely does, and more so for me because I really wanted him, like. I just wanted to see him become the best version of himself. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he was on that path. That path. Like he was putting in so much work. He was doing so well. And then this moment came and, you know, that happened. But I don't feel like it's too late for him. Obviously, I want him to be the best version of himself for our kids. Exactly. Um, I want my kids to be able to look at their dad like, you know, he's their hero. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does make me feel bad, though, because I know so much of his past and how he suffered and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's It's like we have endless resources. You know what I'm saying? So if we want to get our shit together, we can. You know, the process of divorce, I think, for a lot of people is a mystery. Mm -hmm. Like we hear about it like, oh, so-and-so filed for divorce. But then you kind of don't really know what happens after that. So can you give us some insight into what your experience has been? For sure. So when I first filed for divorce, that very first day, I started a fast. And so this was like a few days after Thanksgiving. 
and I fasted through Christmas and New Year's. I just had oh, wow. to focus. I was like, I'm not about to be out here drinking. A fast? Do I need to do a fast? Yeah, you probably do. Mm-hmm. You should. Yeah. Carry on. So, um, you know, I just kind of like... A was, juice fast? What kind of fast? Well, it was like fruits and vegetables. I didn't do like meat or alcohol or juice. or It was just like fruit. Vegetables, water. I just got up to a size medium. I yeah. can't. I, I, yeah, I, I don't even think I lost that much weight during that time, to be honest. I mean, I was like eating. You're the same person stuff. who popped out three kids and then still okay. the exact same. Like, I'm just like, wait, wait no, I, I saw a baby. <laughs> a baby was in there and now it's yes, out here. Ma'am. So what happened? Yeah. So, yeah, but through that process, it was just like I had to stay focused. I had to limit my consumption of like social media And I didn't want to see anything that he was doing that would like maybe trigger a reaction or me saying something online. So I just tried to, that was a part of my fast too. I was just like, I'm not going to be on Instagram or anything like that. But then it starts to get really real when you're dealing with like the divorce and, you know, we try to do mediation to come to agreements. but And so the mediation is around coming to agreements around money and property and these types of yes. things? Yes. So was there a prenup of any kind? We did not have a prenup. Was that a choice or was it just like, I mean, like we, did you discuss it or was it just like... We didn't never even discuss it. Right. We just got married and that was just it. But the great thing was, I mean, we didn't really have to divide any like assets. Like anything that he had was his and anything I had was mine. We didn't have any property together or anything like that. So that part was easy. It just was about figuring out like the visitation for the kids Mm -hmm. and, you know, if there was going to be any child support or anything like that. And when one or both parties are in their feelings about this whole situation, Mm -hmm. it makes it hard to come to any sort of agreement. And he was like living in the house but he was coming and going as he wanted to because legally I could not say, you got to get out. If I would have told him he couldn't stay there anymore, he would not have been obligated to pay any of the bills anymore. And we were like splitting the bills. Okay. You know, everything was like 50-50. And, um, How was that? I didn't have a problem with that, to be honest. But it was it was kind of tough for me to be able to, you know— hold the same weight he was holding like financially with me being like the mom Mm -hmm. and you know just having to work differently you know I have to do different type of work than he does for the most part Mm -hmm. you know so I had some days where it was very stressful but anyways like during that time he was just kind of like here sometimes he wasn't he came whenever he wanted to and This is the part where it got a little tricky because on the show, I talked about how he had been late paying his portion of the rent like a few times. Uh And people took that as me dragging him or bashing him, but it was Mm -hmm. just a fact. And the owner of the place that we were living in, she's like, okay, well, we're going to terminate this lease because the payments are coming in late too many times. So I could have had a conversation with her and said, okay, he's not going to be here anymore. Let me just go ahead and do this. But- my mind was like, if he doesn't pay and I pay, I'm going to have to like serve him some type of paper okay. to get him out the house. He got all his stuff. Like it, it just would have been a, yeah. And so I was like, okay, we're just going to move, you know, okay. but I was upset. I'm not going to lie. Like all of my kids had been in that house since they were, Oh yeah, you know? And um, so it was a little sad. I'm just like, damn, like you just... You know, like it's a lot of like it, big change. Yeah, huge changes, and I don't feel like he really realized how big of a adjustment. Yeah, I'm like, you made this mistake, and now our whole entire life changes. Mm. You know, so that was like the hardest part. But once I moved in to my new space with the kids, and we established like some temporary visitation it made things easier and then we went to court and we just got that shit over with because i know sometimes divorces they can linger listen they be lasting for like three years yeah i was like i'm not doing that on the paper Mm -mm, no at the end i wasn't really like satisfied with the agreement we came to but that's how much i just wanted it to be over with i was like i'm not about to do this any longer what do you feel like are the things that people say around this specific situation that you want to clear up? I heard rumblings of a Benzino situation. Yeah. 
I, feel I like try that. hard not to talk about Benzino, no, no, so I'm doing this for you. Yeah, no, that's fine. Why? <laughs> no, because oh. it's a part of your story. Oh, but okay, I re- yeah. Why do I not no, talk I about Benzino? Mind, but here was the thing. So I met Benzino, and he's not somebody that typically I would be attracted to, but he was like a very nice guy. And, you okay. know, we were hanging out, and he was very, very just fun. He was cool. Okay. And so I hung out with him a few times. My friends, would, we would go to his house. He would cook for us. I never slept with him, but they were filming Love and Hip Hop. This was before I actually like really got on the show. He's like, we just going to oh. go. We're going to go kick it. Uh-huh. You know, they're going to be filming this scene. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, I'm <laughs> like down for whatever. And so this ended up becoming like one of the biggest scenes in the history of Love and Hip Hop <laughs> because Kirk was married. At the- I didn't know Kirk, right? I didn't know Kirk or Rashida at the time. I don't know these people. Okay, so um, Kirk was married to Rashida. She was pregnant at the time. And when I met him there, he said that his wife had given him a pass to kind of like wild out and do whatever he wanted to do. So there were two other girls who were in the hot tub and they were on Kirk. And I'm like over here on my side with like Benzino. And we kicking and we talking and the girls are just like all over Kirk, rubbing on him. And so people were mad. They were like, oh, my God, your wife is pregnant and, you know, all this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm over here with Benzino. And to be honest, I didn't really, I wasn't really looking at it like that then. But now when I look back, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of bad, you know. Bambi, this is two times. I mean, not that that's a lot, but you be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, I've been catching strays <laughs> for years, <laughs> and they're just coming back to back these days. But yeah, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I, um, you know, if I could do it again, like the part about Benzino, like I, that's yeah. whatever. Like we were both single. We were just hanging out. But just being in that environment with the man who was yes. married and his wife was pregnant. Yeah, that was a bit much. But again, I didn't know them and he said his wife gave him a pass. I didn't know what the right. hell kind of I didn't know. know what they had going on, you know? So There's a lot of there's a lot of agreements these days yeah, that folks have. And I, you like, I if you like it, I hey, love it. Yeah, it is what it is. So yeah, there's that. And so every time I'm on any kind of blog or if I say anything, they be like, "Wasn't you in a hot tub with Benzino?" and I'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, so what that what that got to do with anything? McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken; they're true to chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What is a part of divorce that you didn't anticipate? The sharing of my children. Hmm. I mean, obviously, that's something that has to happen. But I didn't really, really think that part through that much. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that my kids are going to have to go for days at a time. That was like really scary to me. But once I got over that thought, I was like, fuck it. Let's let's just do it. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I'm like, it's cool. You know. I'll be able to get some shit done for three days right. and then boom, pop back. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of people's fear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also, I feel like a lot of people's fear is how are my kids going to react? Yeah. And with that being said, I wrote a children's book about that because my son, the four year old, he was Prince Breland. Prince Breland, yes. He didn't understand it. Like, Breland is so attached to his dad. He follows his dad around like he will, he's on his heels like mm-hmm, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And so when we moved out the house, we moved into the new house, he kept saying, Mommy, I want to go home. I want to go home. Aww. And I was like, 
okay, this is our new home. And then he's like, no, he thought his dad was still at the, the other, other house. house. So that was like so, that was the the roughest part because I was trying to explain to him. I'm like, okay, this is going to be your house. And okay. then, you know, your dad's going to have his own house and then you're going to go over there and then you're going to come back. He's like, no, I want to go home. I want to go to Alpharetta. He would say that to me. I want to go to the house in Alpharetta. And um, I'm like, yeah, no. So, yeah, that was a rough part. But throughout this process, writing has been, like, really cathartic for me. And so— Okay, um, let's pause for a yeah. second. Okay. Baby, you're smart. Um, I don't know if people know that. You just said cathartic. I did. <laughs> You've been pulling a fast one on us. I have. I just, you're smart. Well, Amanda, people accuse me of lying about having a degree or degrees. And all. I mean, it just doesn't really— ever come up for Let's anything. talk about these motherfucking degrees. Yeah, well, I mean, I have a... People don't just casually throw around cathartic. Well, well, I did because, you know, I minored in theater. And so <laughs> that's-, that's when I first started using that word. I'm like, oh, this is cathartic. You know, I can just go in here and just... <sighs> yeah, so, yeah. Impressed! Are you? Very. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me about the degrees. Okay, so... I played basketball, right, in college a yep. little bit. And I wanted to go to a school that was Division One, but I also wanted to experience, like, I wanted to do the black college experience. Yeah. So I went to Morris Brown. Okay. That was very short-lived because once I got there, they started doing the losing their accreditation. Yeah. And so I played on the team there for like half the season. I broke my hand and then I moved back home and I just finished up my degree like really quickly at Cal State Dominguez. Okay. So yeah, there was that. But the whole time that I was here in college, it was crazy. It was insane because I'm like one of the first people in my family that has a college degree. Congrats. And yeah, thank you. And it was I was like homeless some of that time, like sleeping in the car, sleeping at friend's house and all that. Damn. But it was just really important for me to get that. You know, I was like, let me just do this real quick. I yeah. don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it, but let me What just. was your degree in? Mass communications. And yep. I wanted to do public relations. I think I was like one or two like credits away from public relations. So I just, I said, Fuck it, let me just do mass communications. <laughs> it's, okay. it's a little less work, but right. whatever. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you feel like... In the path that you've taken, that you are using your brain to its capacity? I think so, because when it comes to being a mother, that is like one of the most important parts of my life right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm very on top of like education for my children. My two little ones, they just started like homeschooling the house. I saw. (laughs) Yeah, I got them a teacher and she comes like four days a week. Oh, dope. And my four-year-old, he's in school. He's at this international school where he's learning Japanese. And Meow. Um, yeah. So I, no, I feel that's like- um, That's Mandarin. My bad. Is it? Yeah. Konnichiwa. Yeah, konnichiwa. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> so I feel like I'm using it when it comes to, you know, just the way that I deal with them and that stuff. And now, you know, I'm an author. You know, I published my first little- <laughs> children's books. So I'm not like, little. Yeah. It's not little. Okay, it's not it's little. Big business. But I'm like, you know, who knows what's going to come after this um, because I have been writing a lot, a lot. Dope. So, yeah. You know, it's funny. I think a lot of people, when they talk about divorce, they they talk about like how much they lose, mm-hmm. but then how much they gain. Yeah. So what are some things that you feel like you're gaining in this process or have gained? That calm nervous system. Mm-hmm. That's priceless. So I have gained that. And that's been, even before the marriage and the divorce, I was always so like uptight. And right now I feel so calm. I feel so relaxed. I feel in control Mm. of just everything that is happening in my life. Like I don't have anybody to blame anything on or to be like, Mm. oh, well, you did this. So this is why we're in this position. So I just feel really empowered. That last part resonates, the idea of like, there's no one to blame, right? I think for some people, they would look at that as a crutch, right? Mm -hmm. They would look at that as like a hitch, whereas like you're turning it on its head and saying, no, I like that I can depend on myself 
And I feel like that's an empowering strength. It absolutely is. Like, I feel good. I know people are like, oh, you need to go heal. And I'm like, oh, no, I dealt with my shit. I was dealing with it, like, when it was happening. And I, I really recommend that to a lot of people. How were you dealing with it? Because that was going to be my next thing. Like, what are I, your I was, methods? you know, crying. I was writing. I was working out. I was just really, whatever I was feeling... I was feeling it. Indulging. You know, I, I let myself feel it. I let myself. And I know a lot of people, too, they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to, you know, cry in front of the kids. But if at any moment I felt like that and they were there, they were like, are you OK, mommy? Okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm OK. OK. You know, I let myself kind of go mm-hmm. through it and they saw it and it was OK. It wasn't like anything I don't feel like it would be traumatic for them in the future. They'll be like, oh, my God, mom was just, you know. <laughs> in shambles. Yeah, no. So I just, if it came out, it just came out. And I think um, that was like the best part. How do you feel like your circle showed up? They showed up, showed up. You know, people were flying in to just be around me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my family, they understand how I operate. And I don't always need to be around people. Yeah. So they would call and check in on me if I wanted to talk. They would listen and nobody really did too much right. when it came to him or like, oh, F him and we going to beat his ass. Right, and, right. You know, <laughs> so they just kind of like played their position and stayed out the way. And that was really the support that I needed at the time because his family was doing a lot. And I just told my family, I'm like, please, mm. we we are not doing this with them. At all. And so for them to fall back, knowing how much they love me and care about me, it just showed how much they respect me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel like being in a public relationship, like on a TV show, played into going in this direction? Well, it was a lot because for one, I'm not going to lie, like I have a lot of pride. And maybe if I wasn't no, I still wouldn't. Um, I, I just can't. People obviously are watching. And so that magnifies everything, especially like how you handle people and things. But I, I, yeah. I just don't, I don't care who I was. I I wouldn't have been able to do it because again, like I, I do have a lot of pride when it comes to, I'm like, you going to, oh, yeah, no. But do you feel like being in a public relationship contributed to you all's problems that even led to this? Or do you feel like it would have been so. regardless? I think it would have been regardless just because he was like chasing something that I could not provide for him. So it didn't really have anything to do with the public's opinion of it. Because that's the thing about me, to be honest. I'm in trouble right now in a lot of different areas for just being me just being like a real friend to people mm-hmm. and I don't really care about how the public perceives it or whatever I care about how my friend feels like in yeah, real life yeah so people they don't you know a lot of people operate off of how they think the internet is going to react to something please speak yeah so they'll be like well I'm not going to do that because people are going to think this and I'll be like well who are these I don't, people Why robots do they- and shit like <laughs> I'm like I'm not it don't even matter, you know, what these people think because when my friend is going through something or if I'm going through something, my friend is going to hold me down and take care of me, not the internet. So Facts. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. It's real. I mean, I think the whole process of just relationships is a lot of us, like, don't realize how much effort they require. Mm-hmm. And I was talking on my Instagram today just about how, like, when we talk about like how relationships require so much work, majority of the work is work you're doing on yourself. Yeah. It's not even like necessarily like you with the other person. It's like yeah. making sure that you yourself are the best version of you to show up in the relationship. And that could be damaging to your relationship too, working on yourself because then you outgrow your partner and they still just be like, well, I thought you was in therapy and I'm like, I, and I am. <laughs> It's like maybe like triggering you based on the fact that you are working on yourself. And mind you, when you're working on yourself, you're not doing that for the other person. Right. You're doing that for you. And it's an act of self-love. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of folks 
don't necessarily put those two things together. They are afraid to go and either talk to a therapist or go to Reiki or, you know, get the workbooks and explore their mind because they're like, well, then that's a weakness Mm -hmm. or I'm going to run into something that I don't want to run into. You know, I'm going to uncover something I don't want to uncover. But it really is an act of self-love to pour into yourself and explore like, well, what really is going on in here? And uncover the gems, uncut gems. And, really find like the stuff that's hidden because so much of us is hidden beneath shit that people have put on us. Yep. And then we get in these relationships and they put they shit on us. Yes. Right. And then you're like, okay, well, I've been spending this life digging my way out of this to get to joy. And I didn't do that for you to now come and pour your shit on top of me. (laughs) No, for real. You know, so it's it's really a real thing when we see that the divorce rates are going up. Mm -hmm. But I feel like simultaneously, (laughs) the rates of women going to therapy and women going into independent spaces is also going up. And it's no surprise that these That's crazy. I I never really looked at it like that. And that's a real thing because I found out that I was codependent. You know what I'm saying? I, I code, you know, so when you start setting these boundaries, people don't, they don't like it anymore. No. They're just like, oh, well, what the fuck are we here for then? They don't like a boundary, honey. They don't like a no. Mm-mm. They don't like an expectation, Mm-mm. obligation, no. responsibility. They like, what's that? What is that? You should just be happy I'm here. Yep. Yeah. And for a long time, you were. Yeah, for sure. I really was in all areas of my life, like. I don't care if it was friend, like a person on the street. Like I got three kids and I'm helping somebody fold their stroller down and do, you know, like I just really feel like I have to do extra shit for people. I don't know why. We are very similar. See? We are codependent. We just, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is either. I've, I'm always like, you need help with that? Yeah. You okay? Let me push the car. <laughs> Want me to carry that? Like, I'm, I'm like, why? And why? you know, for what, for what it's worth, like I think... There's a blessing in that, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a selflessness with that that I see shows up with your kids too. And that can really show up in a great way with a partner who is giving the same. Absolutely. Did you ever think about this? And this may sound a little shallow. Um, Did you ever think about like growing up, right? And you are beautiful. And um, so just doing too much just because you wanted people to kind of like not think that you mm-hmm. were like snobby or a bitch. Of and course. do you think that has something to do with you being so codependent? Because it's like you're going out of your way to prove that you are like cool and human. Well, yeah, because you also you don't want the light skin thing. Exactly. Right. So yeah. you don't want to be looked at like, oh, she thinks she all like, exactly. you know, she light skin. She get, you know, you mm-hmm. don't want that. Yeah. You also don't want to like come off like, oh, I think I'm better because yeah. I'm light skin because that ain't it either. Yep. And then there's also just the effort of like, I don't want to be judged off of some surface shit. Like I want you to like yeah. judge me based off of some real shit. And so I feel like there is an effort that I feel like I I definitely like consciously made to mm-hmm. like do be in service. Yeah. Like how can I be in service? Yeah. How can I always be in service, you know? And I think, and I've talked about this several times on the show, part of the codependent is that you feel like if you're in service, then you'll be needed. Yep. And then they won't leave you because you're needed. But they will always leave you. <laughs> <laughs> because you just don't, you don't, no matter what you have, you don't have what someone oh, needs. Oh, you don't have enough. Mm-mm, you will never have enough. Never. And that's for you too. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, for all intents and purposes, no one has what I need. Right. Only I have what that's I need. It. And that's why I have to do the work to find what I need. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for standing on just like your own truth. And I think a lot of this being a public figure thing, it can get very murky because folks are very loud yeah. in a way that can make you question your own truth. Like, you're like, y'all don't even, wait, hold up. Y'all don't even know me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Me. Mm-hmm. But I do want to tell you that there is a courage to going through this in front of everybody. Ooh, honey. So kudos to you. I think the whole idea of being in a public relationship, we want to be able to share. Yeah. You know, but you also know that like on the other side of this, if it go left, oh, what they going to say, exactly. you know, yeah. and you're, you would not be human to not think about that. Now, no, like you sure. said, you go like. Okay, whatever. But there's still like that piece oh, of you that's absolutely. just... And I think mine is more so for the other person, especially now, like dating people. I always worry about like what they have seen or heard and how much of that do they believe and, mm. you know? So I'm like, this is going to be yeah. weird. It's going to be weird. Yeah. Join the club. It is going to be weird. But what's not going to be weird is when we go to our... 
Patreon only questions. Oh, you know, I know y'all got some questions mm-hmm. for good old Bambi right here. Yeah, and I might have a little surprise for you too. Oh, nice. Okay, I like surprises. <laughs> so come on over to uh, the SEAL squad. Come on over to the Amandaverse. We got some questions for Bam. The last dose. Well, if you didn't hear the questions in the bonus section, you need to go check them out because this is a piggyback off of that. But, you know, you said you don't co-parent, you parallel parent. What is that? So for me, parallel parenting is just everything that we communicate about. It is very matter of fact and it's about the kids and that's it like it's nothing outside of that like I don't care how you doing I I don't you know what I'm saying I don't care who you dating who you with who you got the kids around like it's not my concern unless I feel like my kids are like affected yeah and so I don't care about none of that like I don't care about anything it's just the garage goes up the kids go out and if there's anything in between that I need to know about then you can let me know and I'll do the same but we're not doing birthday parties together at least not right now like I was gonna say I feel like this will as they get older yeah. they are gonna want y'all together in yeah. certain spaces yeah. because they're I gonna see their friends yeah you know I can coexist I don't I don't mind y'all that, can go but... to recital you just gotta sit next to each other yeah we don't gotta <laughs> sit next to each other but you know I'm cool but I, I'm not about to be like fake oh yeah I'm cool with all my baby mamas like nigga no, I'm not the no we're not friends you can go do what you do with the rest of them, but yeah. Well, you know what they say? They say that eventually the anger turns into compassion. Yeah. And that that's the way that we we heal. I guess the number one question is how are you doing? Well, I feel great. Like, I, I really, truly think I'm doing good until I get on the internet and people say, you need to go heal. And I'll be like, well, damn, I thought I... I I mean, healing is a process. I feel like that's the other thing. Everyone has to go through that process differently. Yeah. But I feel like when you talk about making concerted efforts to, you know, indulge in the feeling and not try and, you know, because black women, you know, we love to be strong through the feeling. No, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to cry. cry. I'm going to cry and I'm going to cry a lot (laughs) and I'm going to keep crying until I ain't got no more tears. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I feel great. You know, I feel really good for real. Like, I can actually, like, be in another relationship if I wanted to. That's how, like, you know. We love that for you. Yeah. We love that for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the people that are listening and watching who have, you know, been through a divorce or are contemplating a divorce or are going through a divorce, like they want to be where you are. Yeah. And I think when we share our stories and we talk about, you know, the the highs and the lows of these types of scenarios, it really does encourage people to know that they can find what's within them to get to the peaceful place that you're at. For that sure. calm nervous system. Yeah, for sure. And I, I do encourage people to stay and try to work it out and fight it out, especially if you have something to fight for. I just, you know, at my, in my situation, like it was, it came to a point where I didn't have anything to fight for. So, you know, but if you can still fight, if your partner is making efforts as well, I feel like fight, fight, fight. All we got is us. Thanks, Bams. Thank you. Thank you. 